Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back with another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you, broadcasting live from Boston, Massachusetts. It's an absolutely gorgeous day outside, and here we are in here. Locked in a room, interviewing <laughs> people once again. But we're coming off a fantastic lunch that uh, Nicole with Training Pros uh, apparently organized for us. I got to say kudos to Nicole. Thank you so very much. The Fuji Apple salad from Panera. Maybe we can send them a bill now. <laughs> there you go. That was fantastic. How about you? you, you I okay enjoyed lunch too, my right? sandwich. I'm a big fan of Panera, and I'm excited about Learning Insights, which you know you can follow on Twitter at hashtag Learning Insights, and you can follow the conversation after the show, during the show um, that we're having here in Boston. So I hope the Business Radio X family and the Learning Insights Training Pros family have all been busy Tweetering, twittering, 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 all back and forth to keep up with it. Uh, but we've had a good morning, man. We that those were three or four really interesting, insightful conversations. I thought. But or, now we got the. Did you not learn the main anything? event? Oh yeah, this happening. is it. Look, nothing. That is what you. That's that was, the undercard now for the main event. That was the past. That's right. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce. The Senior Director, Talent Management and Development with Thermo Fisher Scientific. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Miss Ann Madison. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Senior Director, Talent Management and Development. Uh, so what's your favorite part, management or development? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a great team, so I enjoy managing them, but uh, most of my work is really focused on helping our managers and our leaders uh, really do a great job with our employees at Thermo mm -hmm. Fisher. So uh, Thermo Fisher, uh, can you share a little bit about what you guys are up to? Sure. Well, Thermo Fisher flies a little bit under the radar, but of course our customers know us really well. We uh, have uh, revenues of $17 billion and about 50,000 employees in over 50 countries. So that's good job security for you it's to good. train and to, uh, manage, right? Exactly. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. And our mission is really to help our customers make the world a healthier, cleaner, and safer place to be. So it's very inspiring. So you do a lot of work in a lot of different areas, it sounds like. Absolutely. Lots of different areas. Really supporting life sciences and... Uh, other scientific organizations. But we are here today to talk about building resiliency in leaders. Yeah. You know something about that? Yeah, I do. So, you know, I've been in this field for over 20 years, and I have to tell you that the constant refrain I hear from leaders, not just in Thermo Fisher, but really across multiple industries, is that the world is getting more complex, more difficult, and that all companies want more, bigger, faster. And so the demands on leaders today is really unprecedented. And as we think about it, it's really not going to change. I ask people all the time if they feel like they have more on their plate today than they did a few years ago. Everybody nods vigorously. Sure. And then I say, well, what do you think next year is going to look like? You think they're going to take their foot off the pedal and, and give you a little break now? And <laughs> everybody laughs and says, no, they think that trend will continue. Right. And so there's more for people to do today. And the issue is really about 
capacity. How much capacity do leaders have to tackle all of the problems that they have today? So it's really an issue that I think is at the forefront of, of every leader today. So when you say capacity, are you talking about their, their personal mental uh, space that they can do? Yeah, I'm talking they about have available. Sure, their personal mental space. So that's around, I, I think of it as being able to focus on really the most important things. Yeah. But it's also physically, like how do you show up every day really ready to do your best at work? I think about it emotionally. How do you make sure that you've got the right positive set of emotions that you can bring to work every day? Because, you know, all day long things happen at work. And some of those things can be annoyances or irritations, little things. Some of them are big things that uh, can push us over from feeling positive to feeling frustrated or irritable or angry or threatened. And as a leader, the way that you feel is really contagious. Your energy is contagious as right. a leader, right? So how do you control that? So now how do, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to attack this because like you were saying, the with technology, things move so rapidly. I mean, at a right. pace, you know, 50 years ago, they can't, people couldn't even imagine the world that we live in today, exactly. right? I mean, yep. it changes just in our lifetime, the things that we've seen. And then in your company, it's probably in the cutting edge of, the future right? right exactly and then so they have to kind of project into the future and deal with that chaos mm -hmm. then they have to manage the present right. and deal with that chaos mm -hmm. and then almost forget about the past you got to learn from the past but you got to kind of put the past behind you because you don't have time to deal with that because we got other things to worry about right right so emotionally to just can you do that? Is that possible? <laughs> well, it's how a do you tackle that as a company? That sounds like a therapist role. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for everybody. So, one of the things I think about is, um, well, from an emotional standpoint, we just start with that, and we say that you know everybody comes into work in the morning and they they want to feel great about things. They want to have a positive set of right. emotions, right? Challenged, excited committed, engaged, those are the things that we feel when we walk in in the morning. And then sometimes um, issues come up, problems, challenges that could cause a person to start feeling frustrated, irritable, right. anxious, right? But the challenge is how do I push my emotions back over to that positive set? Because I've seen many people who say, Anne, I live my life feeling irritated at work well it sounds like you're work. like i'm always behind i can never yeah. catch up mm -hmm. it's impossible mm -hmm. you know even if i saw every put out every fire today i know when i leave and get here tomorrow there'll be five more to exactly. greet me right so how do you do that how do you right. move from having those negative emotions to positive emotions and that's one of the things i and talk you with leaders this out about. well it's not I'm just excited. me <laughs> you, take, take you should bottle this and sell it <laughs> better write this down yeah, no I, I have to say that i've uh, learned from many experts um in this space but one of the things i talk with people about is um when you're feeling anxious, worried, threatened, overwhelmed. irritated, overwhelmed. Yes. One of the best things that you can do to shift your emotions to be more positive is to appreciate other people. So it takes you out of your own head and it mm -hmm. puts you in a space where you start to think about there are other people who are helping me be successful in my life. Now, these could be people at work. They could be people at home. They could be friends. And it's the act of actually appreciating and acknowledging other people that helps shift your emotions. 
And you know, is this that, works this, every time. This sounds like kind of opery. Is this a real documented scientific? It's a real thing. documented scientific. And I can tell you that I've done this with many leaders where I've actually had them walk through a process where I have them write an actual letter or a note mm-hmm. of acknowledgement or appreciation. I just say, here's a note card. I've done it with hundreds, <sighs> hundreds. of leaders. And I hand them out a note card and I say, think of somebody. I don't care who it is. Write a little note and then Wait, ha- I want to visualize it this meeting. Yeah. They're like, Ann, I'm really stressed. I got a lot <laughs> going on. And you're like, here's this note card. Well, I have a note card <laughs> with your name on it. Uh-huh. Let's, let's brainstorm together. Someone you appreciate right now. Is well, that, it's, it's, there's more of a setup <laughs> to it than that. It's part of a workshop that I do on, um, managing your overall vitality, resilience, and energy. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about this first, but then I say, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little experiment with you. So I hand out these note cards. I have people write a note. I have them address it and hand it back to me. I mail it. But I ask them. So it's not an exercise. It's like they really they really do it. It's really happening. Really happens. So then I say to them before they write the note, "How are you feeling on a little scale? Right. In terms of your emotional, you feeling good? Are you feeling bad? Whatever. Right. And then I have them re-rate it five minutes later, and they always go up. Just that act. Well, that's what as you were talking, I got to thinking. I'm sure it's a great little thing to get the note in the mail. It's good for the for the re- the receiver of this thing, but it, it's the author who really benefits from this whole exactly. thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's great for the receiver, right. but it's really for the person doing it. So this is just one technique. But what this helps people do is realize, I don't have to be held hostage to these negative emotions. Mm-hmm. There are actions that I can take that don't cost anything and aren't time consuming, that if I am feeling this way, that I can shift my emotions. And I talk about this in terms of performance because if you are a leader you cannot be living in that space right you can't afford to feel overwhelmed it. and stressed like that and right because it'll show it to shows. the people that you work with right. this is not soft stuff i mean you said a little while ago oprah e meaning you were referring to oprah yes but i mean this is not soft stuff you're talking about really impacting the bottom line if you can get a critical mass of people who have some genuine control over the physical intellectual emotional whatever right right? absolutely real dollars and cents here yeah i talk about this work as it's not um sometimes people think it's work-life balance and it's not it's Mm -hmm. about how do you help people perform at that at their best over a long period of time because uh people think about their work life as a marathon right? Like you've got a long time to go uh, in order to, you know, reach the end of your career and feel fulfilled and that you've done the best job that you can. In order to get through that marathon, you have to really think about how am I going to continue to produce at the level I need to produce to be successful. Now, is this something that's a triage, like in case of emergency, break out the note cards? Or is this something like you tell them to do it like every morning as part of your morning? You know, you yeah. check your email that you write a note to appreciate somebody like. Uh, well, it it's one technique. Mm. And I do tell people that uh, if you build habits, positive habits, this is just one. There are lots of others right. that people can build in order to. But this feel seems better. very actionable, simple. Very actionable. It's not yeah. like that complicated. Exactly. And, but it, so is it a, a vitamin? Is this like every day you should uh, do this? Well, if it's an issue for you, for so for some people, they'll tell me, look, I, I don't 
get overwhelmed that easily. I don't feel frustrated at work. Problems come up and I feel energized by that. Mm -hmm. But they'll say I have something else I struggle with. Maybe it's really focusing on the most important thing, feeling like, like I've prioritizing. It could be prioritizing. It could be around physically. They don't feel great. They're exhausted when they get home and don't have time for the people they care about most. Right. Uh, so if that's their issue, we talk about other their strategies they can take. Yeah. I was, uh, I was kind of intrigued and a little taken aback with the emphasis on physical. Mm-hmm. And more recently, and Lee knows this, um, I've been exercising, trying to eat a little bit better, and I really do, I'm under the impression, you might have to ask my colleagues to get the truth, but I'm under the impression that I'm bringing more energy mm-hmm. um, to our work, and I think I'm doing better work. I certainly feel better, but can See, you... See, as an organization, there was a strategy that we want to fill them up with a lot of carbohydrates and heavy <laughs> food, so that it would kind of be sleeping keep me by like one o'clock. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I, I escaped all that uh-huh. and started like, eating better and working out in the morning, uh, but I suspect there really is something to this, this. Tell me more about the physical. Oh, absolutely. So in order to perform at your best all day long, right, you need to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. We live in these bodies and our bodies have requirements. A lot of people show up at work every day and they just sit all day long. And by the end of the day, they're absolutely exhausted. Right. So I talk to people about sort of four elements of taking care of yourself in service of performance. Mm-hmm. So one example is movement, right? Moving your body. So if you exercise, you t- generally feel better. Right. And if you're not an exerciser, you can still get up and move your body. You can take walks, short walks during the day. Even if it, the weather's bad, you can do it inside. You can do exercises at your desk, something to move your body really makes a difference. A second thing I talk about is nutrition. And I really talk about food as fuel, right? So if you eat the right thing in the morning, it tends to give you more energy. On the other hand, if you eat a donut or a bagel, that's like sugar in your system and you tend to have a crash mid-morning. And when you have that crash, you're just not at your best. You can't do really sophisticated problem solving if you're not feeling well. The third thing I talk about, and it's probably the most abused element of what I call physical energy, is sleep. So I ask people all the time, you know, how many hours of sleep do you think people need? And, of course, the research tells us it's seven to eight hours. Right. But lots of people have convinced themselves that they operate just fine right. I need six this, hours. Right. I need five, six hours. That's all I need. Right. right. You right. hear that all the time. You hear that all the time. Because I'm busy. I got stuff to sure. do. Sure. Right. And I, I understand that. But the the research tells us incredible uh, challenges for people that don't get enough sleep. It mm-hmm. really impacts and contributes to many diseases. But from a work perspective, if you're not getting enough sleep, you cannot be at your best. Right. And we know that because we know we have days when we wake up and we didn't sleep well the night before. Right. And if you're convinced that you only need five or six hours, you're probably missing out. Yeah. And but, then the l- there's a lot of stuff on TV that's good. <laughs> you know, you have to make choices sometimes, right? It's prioritizing. It goes back to that priority. It goes back to prioritizing. Um, and then the last thing I talk about is breaks, taking breaks during the day. So our bodies actually, most people don't know this, but we run on what's called um, an ultradian rhythm, which means every 90 to 120 minutes, our body goes from a, from a physiological peak to a trough. And you know you're in that trough because you start to feel antsy, maybe you're hungry, you have a hard time paying attention, it's difficult to um, work at your best. 
So what I help people understand is that you can get through that trough period quicker if you sort of acknowledge that. And what that means is maybe you get up and walk around. Maybe you go get a bottle of water. If you are in a place that's sunny, go outside and Mm -hmm. take five minutes and get some sunlight, get something to eat. Do something that allows you to get a small break because that break will definitely pay off in terms of your concentration and your ability to focus and be productive. So sometimes people say, I can't take a 10-minute break every I'm too important. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I remind them that, in fact, yes, they can. You know, you have to work around meetings and things like that. But generally, yes, you can. And you'll get that time back in spades. And isn't this something that um, when you have the awareness of it, you could plan for it? Like it, it... I, th- I find that some people, like this trough, you know, peaks in the trough. If you know that this happens on a rhythm of, what did you say, three 90 hours? 90 to 120 minutes. Right. So, like, two or, th- two or three hours, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like clockwork. Yeah. Right? Every time it happens, people are like, wow, it's 10 o'clock, I'm hungry, or I'm, like, this is, like, news to right. them. Like, <laughs> it happens every single day, or right. at 3 mm-hmm. o'clock, I get really tired. Like, right. it, it happens every day, but they treat it as something like, this is the first time this has ever occurred. Yeah, yeah Instead exactly. of going, well, maybe that's my time that I go for a walk around the building, or right. that's my time I'll eat some almonds, or right. something, you know. Exactly. Right. So, you can plan for it, and one of the things, again, I talk with people about is building a positive habit. So, if you say... When you can, every morning at 1030, I'm going to try to get up and I'm going to take a 10 minute walk. I'm going to go down to the cafeteria or go outside, get a bottle of water. uh, Right, but you just schedule it. Like it it shouldn't be like, oh, that you don't have to say, oh, I get tired at that point or I get that's my trough period. You just go, well, that's the time at 1015 I go for a walk so that when 1030 comes that, you know, you kind of worked your way through it already. Yeah, exactly. And again, I keep telling people you will get that back. The same thing is true with exercise during the day. So sometimes I'll say to people who tell me they're challenged with getting their exercise in. Oh, they, they're too busy. They don't have the too time. Busy. They don't right? have the time, which is a, a wonderful excuse we've probably all used. Right. Uh, but I'll say, have you ever thought about exercising during the work day? Oh, I couldn't do that. Exactly. What if my coworkers see yeah. me in shorts and what are they going to think I'm a slacker? Exactly. But then I'll ask, does anybody here do this? And I tell you almost every time I get a few brave souls tell me that, yes, they exercise during the day, not every day, you know, when they can. And they say that it is a huge energy boost for them. And they come back and they know they're more productive, that if they took an hour out of the day, let's say one o'clock in the afternoon, that they come back and from two to five, they are really on fire versus sort of struggling through the afternoon because it's not really the time that creates value. It's the energy right, that you Right, it's the productivity in that window of time. In that window what of time. What good is it you're there in a desk, you know, almost ready to pass out? Right. Of course. <laughs> right. So when you first began pursuing this line of work, really focusing mm-hmm. in on, on these topics, when you were first bringing it to, to people, did leadership embrace it to the point where they properly funded it and said, where well, you've been all our lives, we're so glad you're doing this? Or did you get a little bit of pushback in the in the early days on this stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that uh, it depends on the organization. So nearly everybody I talk to finds something personal in this that they find valuable, right. something that they're struggling with, that they feel like, you know, if I did things a little bit differently, I would feel better. So 
I nearly always get people to tell me, yes, this was valuable personally. But when we think about will an organization embrace it and really make changes, that's obviously much more difficult. But one of the best outputs of this, I would say, is that many leaders have started to think about what am I doing just in my group where I have control? What am I doing that allows people to really perform at their best? Mm -hmm. So am I making it okay for people to get up and walk around for 10 minutes a couple times a day? Am I modeling that behavior? Am I talking about the importance of making sure that people get a workout in? You know, some people want to work out, some don't. But if somebody uh, goes off in the middle of the day because they can manage that in their own calendar, is that okay in my group? Do I... Uh, bring candy every afternoon? Or do I start to think about providing different kinds of food, maybe a combination of candy and fruit so that people who want to eat healthy can do that? There's a lot of things that managers can do to support people in moving towards these kinds of behaviors. And I think that's where I really find leaders who embrace this really start to make some changes. I saw this interesting blog post about a company. What they do is on one team, like you said, that you can pilot stuff like this in an organization to see if it's going to fly. This one team, they have, they, they're a technology company. So they they created this app that it would, it would uh, ping somebody in the group just randomly. Like every hour Mm -hmm. it would say, and, do 10 push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so like you'd have to, if you got it, then you'd have to go, That's did great. my 10 push-ups. Uh-huh. And then like randomly the next hour would ping somebody else. and would say, do, you know, 30 second wall sit, yeah. you know, stuff that you could do just right. in your environment. Right. And yep. would just randomly hit the people. So at the end of the week, you're all doing something. Right. Yeah. And then it kind of made like kind of a fun game out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday I was doing a session around this topic with a group of about 60 people. And, um, after about an hour and a half, predictably, I started at one. So two thirty, the eyes, even though I was riveting, they seemed to have a hard time staying but you away. Knew this I, going in, but I knew it. I didn't blame myself. I knew it was the for you. they were in the trough. So I said, "Let's go out for a walk." So I dragged them all outside. We went outside for about a fifteen-minute walk. And had they ever in their life had that happen before? I don't think so, because several women had heels on, so <laughs> they weren't prepared. <laughs> they weren't prepared. But when they got back. They were completely different. Right. They, the energy uh, of the room the changed. energy changed. Now, we had a beautiful day, and we were along right. the river, so we had a lot going for us. But it was that actual act of shifting the way they were. Um, they, they were no longer sitting. They weren't passive. They were active. They were having mm-hmm. fun, and it really changed. And then they were interacting amongst themselves, exactly. chatting as they walked, talking about the, what was going on during the day. And yeah, exactly. So now you just improv that or because you didn't know the weather was going to be good? Well, I had a planned that we would do that. But sometimes I don't get good weather and I don't have a good then place what, to What's walk. your plan B on that? So I said, get down and do 50 push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm very positive. <laughs> well, this has been an awful lot of fun. Before we wrap, mm-hmm. I want to hear what's next. What uh, Where are you going to be putting all your time and energy in the coming months? Oh, gosh. Well... I'm continuing to spread this message when I can. You're evangelizing. I'm evangelizing. uh, So I'm doing that. And we have a lot of really interesting things going on. My team and I are um, launching a number of new management and leadership programs Mm -hmm. at Thermo Fisher. We've done a lot with um, the development of specific functional groups that we're very excited about. And we've really transformed the whole talent management function in that business. And so we're really looking 
uh, towards a big 2016 with a lot of Because now you're going to be rolling out a lot of these things? We're rolling out a lot of these things, yeah. So new, new stuff for the business, and we're very excited about it. And then it. you have senior management support? Um, Absolutely. On this. Absolutely. We have incredible senior If they give her any flags, she says, give me yeah, 50. 50 push <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you Thank so you. much, Ann Madison. Uh, let's do it again sometime. I'd love to. Thank you. All right. If someone wanted to reach out and maybe have a conversation with you about resiliency and, and uh, vitality and, and um What's a, a good way for them to do that? Are you out on LinkedIn? or what's, I am on LinkedIn. Are you hanging out at some of these associations and stuff? Absolutely. But the best way is probably through LinkedIn. Okay. LinkedIn. All right. We're going to do this again. And this yeah. isn't fluffy stuff. This is There's research no, and science behind this that, and that shows uh, that this improves productivity. Absolutely. Definitely. Not only um, in the literature, but some of my own clients have told me right. um, that they have seen huge savings. So. It's good stuff. Well, you must sleep really well at night. Because she exercises, and she knows the importance of getting eight hours sleep. And she knows she's doing good work. It's got to feel great. That's, That's true. All right, that's a wrap. We will be back in a few. This has been a special Business Radio X production, brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.